Town Bank Mortgage, NMLS number 512138, is an equal housing lender. This podcast is for informational purposes only. And now, the man born with a 5 o'clock shadow and with the NMLS number 2028201. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. He is... Tyler Crawley. Well, look where we are. We are here once again. The six-month experiment that I don't even know if you could call it six months because the amount of time that I actually did it maybe equated to like a month. (laughs) But the six-month experiment that I tried to make this an actual morning podcast where I would uh, record in the morning and then release it, you know, hopefully with like an hour of recording it. Uh, It has failed. It has failed. And so we are back to very early in the morning because I am recording this the night before. And if you watch on YouTube, which I will be bringing back because I now have time to edit the videos, uh, it just makes more sense with my schedule. um, Unlike when I was in radio and the whole purpose of the day was the broadcast. Uh, That is no longer the most important part of my day. The actual job that I do is the most important part. So (laughs) I have to find a way to do this show. And this allows me to record whenever I'm available. So if it's later at night, if it's in the afternoon, whatever it may be, um, I can do it. And so I've accepted defeat. And so I will record the night before for the early, early morning release back to the 5 a.m. release schedule. It won't change much. Um, we'll just be talking about the big stories that happened the day before, but we'll also keep looking at what's going to be happening this morning. And today's a big day because it is the Fed day. It is the Fed decision day. The Federal Open Market Committee will be making their decision. We're going to talk about that briefly towards the end of the podcast. But first, we are going to be stalked stalking we're going to be stalking someone we're going to be talking we're going to start by talking about home construction because to start this week monday we got home builder confidence from the national association of home builders uh, and the wells fargo index and then on tuesday we got the big residential construction report which was when i first saw it i was thinking it was a mixed report and it kind of was i mean there's there's no doubt that it was a mixed report but It was actually a little bit more positive. So I would say mostly positive residential construction. But let's start with what we got on Monday. So Home Builder Confidence came out and it fell. It fell more than expected. In fact, it wasn't even supposed to fall. The index economists were projecting was going to hold at 50. And instead, it fell five points for the second straight drop Once again, this according to the National Association of Home Builders, Wells Fargo Housing Market Index, which has builder confidence now at 45, down five points, like I said, from August, and we're now back to the lowest level since April. Now, looking year over year, builder confidence is down just one point. So if you remember where we were a year ago, we were coming out of the, uh, you know, 21 craziness kind of early 2022 craziness. And it's when builder confidence started dropping and then it just kept dropping. And then I think we hit like a 15 year low to end 2022. And then in 2023, 
very different story. Home builder confidence, I think, rose for seven straight months and has now fallen two months, August and September. But we're kind of in this weird spot where last year we were falling, but by much more. So I'm expecting that year over year number to um, switch positive by next month, regardless of what happens. I mean, unless we see a huge drop, I doubt we're going to see a negative year over year number for at least seven or eight months. Um, economists, as I mentioned, were way off. Not, I guess way up. Like I guess said it was way off, like 10%. They thought it wasn't even going to move, and it actually fell five points based on 50. That would be 10%. They were off by 10%. It's kind of a big miss in, in economics. Um, and a reminder, this is important because a 50 reading is neutral. So anything above 50, more builders are confident than are pessimistic. Under 50, more pessimism, which means we are now in negative territory. But there is some silver linings. When you, I'm, all, I'm all about the silver linings. I know, I work in, I work in housing. What can I say? Uh, or is that, is that the correct term? Housing, real estate, mortgages? I, never, I, know, I don't know the terminology yet. I know I've only been in the business three years, but I still don't, don't know the terminology. The present single family sales index was the only major component. There are three was the only major one that wasn't positive territory, even after a six-point drop to an index of 51 in September. Everything else was negative. The index for single-family sales over the next six months fell six points to 49, and the traffic of prospective buyers dipped five points to an index of 30. So still struggling with the traffic of prospective buyers. Uh, scores for each component are then used, of course, to calculate um, the overall index. Now, not surprisingly, for those that have been listening to this podcast since its inception, there is still one truth for all of this, and that is the South, regardless of what is happening, is usually going to be at the top of the list. And I think they did relinquish the title two months ago to, I want to say, the Northeast. Yeah, the Northeast and the South, or the Northeast overtook the South, and they tied it up last month. And then this month, the South is back to being the lone number one, even though the index fell six points. The index fell six points and went negative, which means none of the regions are in positive territory right now. The South's at 49. The Northeast fell seven points. They're now at 48. The West is at 42. And the Midwest is at 38. And this will not be shocking to any of you. But Robert Dietz, Chief Economist, National Association of Home Builders, said the drop in confidence is a direct result of higher mortgage rates. I mean, August was not a great month for rates. Uh, The trend upward, I think it was almost, I was looking at the data, it was almost a 50 basis point move in rates. It was like high sixes ended the month or, you know, almost the end of the month. Um, we saw rates about seven, 7.2, somewhere around there. So we almost saw like a 50 basis point jump um, in the 30 year fix. That was according to the, the, of course, not the Mortgage Bankers Association, was the uh, Freddie Mac, Freddie Mac. So Robert Dietz says, quote, high mortgage rates are clearly taking a toll 
on builder confidence and consumer demand as a growing number of buyers are electing to defer a home purchase until long-term rates move lower. Now, of course, a lot of people are doing that. And so that's why many people in my industry are letting consumers know, hey, listen, what you're planning on doing, a lot of other people are planning on doing as well. So when we finally see that rate relief come, there's going to be a lot of people who all are going to have the same idea that now's the time to buy. And that's going to create a kind of a bottleneck. Now we're hoping that we're also going to see a lot of those people who are saying, okay, now we're going to buy. They maybe already own, so they're going to list their house. And so we'll see sort of a, a zero sum with regards to supply. And we're hoping that a lot of these builders, we're going to get to that in a second, uh, building starts, building completions, all that good stuff, that we're going to see an increase in supply that will be able to at least absorb some of that demand. But there's no doubt that when we do see rates fall to a level where everyone's comfortable with, the argument that I've seen is about 5%, somewhere in there, like in the 5% range, probably, I think five and a half. I think that would really get people excited. Um, you're going to see bidding wars again. You're going to see prices <laughs> probably jump up, which is really going to tick a lot of people off because we never got that big drop in prices. I mean, we did for the end of 2022, a little bit of the beginning of 23, and then immediately reversed. And now home prices are back to all time highs. I mean, you got to laugh at it because it's just, it's, it's like crazy. What's, what's going on? I mean, to go from all time high demand for mortgages to 30 year lows is just a crazy swing to happen in, I mean, lower than, I mean, 30 years. So that's lower than what we saw in 08, 09. And so when people are like, oh, this is, no, this is nothing like what we've seen before. We've never seen a, a switch that quickly. And so it's, it's, it's causing some issues. There's no doubt about that. But let's, while we're talking about home construction, let's move on to the residential construction report, which, as I said, was mixed. But I'm once again throwing my silver lining on this, that there's more good news than bad news. Unfortunately, the bad news is kind of bad. So let's start with kind of how the report breaks it down. So we got building permits, we got housing starts, and we got housing completions. So let's start with building permits. Here's some of the good news. Privately owned housing units authorized by building permits unexpectedly, that's the good news, unexpectedly rose to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 1.4 or 5.4 million. That is a 6.9%, nice, 6.9% up from July, and it's the highest level since September of 2022. Big jump. That's, I mean, that's, it's almost a year. Almost a year. I know it's September, but this report is for August. So it's an 11-month high. Single-family authorizations also were up 2% in July, and that's the highest level since May of 2022. So that's higher than a year. I will take it. And then, as I always say, well, actually, you know what? Let's, let's get to the South <laughs> and what they represent at the end. Let's just, we'll, we'll get to it all at the end. All right. So let's go to how, let's, let's stick with national for now. Housing starts, privately owned housing starts fell to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 1.28 million. Now, economists were expecting it to fall. I think it was like 0.8%. It actually fell 11 0.3% from July. Big drop. And in fact, 
This is the lowest level that we have seen for housing starts since June 2020. Ouch. That's the really bad news. <laughs> I mean, that's when we didn't know what was going to be happening with housing. So to see a number kind of go back to that, it's like, ouch. But here's the thing. These numbers include multifamily and single family. It's why I'm singling out, no pun intended, single family. So single family housing starts fell to 941,000, down 4.3%, not as big as overall number, but it's just slightly higher than June's level. So we did see a fall from July, but we're still ahead of where we were in June. So single family, you're still seeing decent activity versus the overall number, which has fallen to a June 2020 level. Uh, And then housing completions, privately owned housing completions rose to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 1.41 million. That is up 5.3% from July and is in fact the first increase that we've seen in the last three months. Single family housing completions fell to a rate of 961,000, which was a 6.6% drop from July and is the lowest rate since January 2022. So like I said, there's some bad data, but there's also, I think, more good data. But here's what this is telling me. Building permits jumping to an almost year high, single family over a year high, tells me that builders want to build. They want to build. They're getting ready to build. They're getting the permits. Housing starts falling tells me they don't like what's going on right now. So they don't want to start anything. And so to me, what they're saying is they're optimistic about what could happen in the future. They just, they're not confident right now, as we saw with home builder confidence, to start anything right now. And so to me, that's a positive report that at least them looking forward with the building permits, they think there's going to be an opportunity. So they're getting those permits. They just don't want to start anything because of all the volatility right now. I mean, we got, sure, low demand, but there's even lower supply. I mean, it's crazy. All right, so here we go. I want to talk about the South because as I mentioned earlier, South, it's just killing it every single time. Some of these numbers are insane here. So the South made up 55% of all permits nationwide. They made up 58% of all total housing starts nationwide and 55.7% of all total completions, housing completions nationwide. Those aren't the crazy numbers. I mean, those are crazy in that you have one region that's half of all of those things. It's the single family starts or the, excuse me, the single family data That is just nuts. We're talking about just the Southern region. There are three other regions in this country. Single family permits, 61%. Single family completions, 61.3%. And single family housing starts, 62.6% of all nationwide. So sure, the number is big with regards to multifamily and single family, but single family alone, it's like two thirds, almost two thirds of permits, completions and starts are happening in the Southern region. (laughs) It's like, there's, there's no words. This is insane. 
how much activity is happening in the South, or I should say how much activity is happening nowhere else. Cause sure. I mean, it's crazy down here. Like, I mean, in Wilmington where I broadcast out of, you know, I see a lot of multifamily starts and I do see houses being built, but that's 66%. I mean, sure. There's craziness going on in Raleigh. I saw a report recently, Raleigh uh, multifamily building is up 220% from the same time in 2020. Or from, I guess, what they're projecting at the end of 2020 and a 23. I mean, it's the biggest number by far. I think one of the places is up like 100%. I mean, they're just crazy. But it's just nuts to see, sure, there's building going on. But we're making up 66%. I can't even imagine the lack of activity in some of these other places. It just, it, it blows my mind. Um, all right, I do want to jump into this real quick. Uh, not too long. CoreLogic every month has their single family rent index. I don't know why I said it that way. I was very, I was all about the enunciation with the rent index. Uh, They have U.S. rent growth continuing to slow. Uh, It has now slowed for the 15th consecutive month. They have single family rent growth at 3.1%. That's about where we were the historical average. So we finally have gotten back to a normal rental market. And many are projecting that we're going to see this continue and that we're, we are going to see rents. Uh, you're already seeing it in some multifamily. Here we're talking about single family, but you are seeing a situation where rents are going to go negative. And in some places they already are. I mean, what's, what's, what's crazy to me is um, I think St. Louis is, yeah, St. Louis highest year over year rent growth at 7.3%. Uh, that's the highest. I remember for the wildest time, double digit minimum to be in the top. In some cases, you had to be like over 20%. Uh, second was Chicago, 6.3%. Boston and San Francisco, both up 5.7%. Oh, look at that. San Fran, oh, excuse me, San Diego. I was to San Francisco. San Diego at 5.7%. But this blew me away. Las Vegas, negative 1% year over year. So rents are actually down. Miami, 0.6% in the negative. And Texas, Austin, Texas, down half a percent. And those were three places that were just booming during COVID. And so what's happened is we're finally seeing the free market. Adam Smith's invisible hand is doing what it's supposed to. And it's correcting the insanity that we saw during those times. I mean, here's a look at this. I'm looking at the chart right now. You know, it's funny. I was looking at my, my screen here and in the background, I have this like black screen where I used to have like Bloomberg on when I was doing the show, but because it's, I'm, I'm not doing it live. I, I got, I got to put something back there. I should put some graphics that I'm talking about while I'm talking. <laughs> like this would be a good graphic. Maybe I'll put it up on the, on uh, YouTube or whatever. Uh, Miami, Florida at one point was almost up 30% year over year. Now minus 0.6%. <laughs> Las Vegas uh, was up over, it was about 15%. Orlando, Florida was up almost 22%. But you saw these places and now they've, you've seen some major corrections. Uh, like Miami being one of them. Austin, Texas was up like 12%. They're now negative. So it is interesting that you are seeing that correction. The invisible hand of Adam Smith working its magic and bringing things back down to earth. Okay, it is a big day for everyone, not just mortgages, not just real estate, entire financial 
industry, entire, uh, well, everything. Everything's impacted by this. Uh, what the Fed, what's the Fed going to do? So I'm looking right now at the CME Fed Watch tool. Kind of looked at as really, and we, we kind of knew this because Nick Timoros, I think it was either last weekend or the weekend before, you know, he's the Fed whisperer. He's got the ear of the Fed and he knows what they're going to do. And he came out and was like, I can't remember how he worded it, but he definitely was like, there's going to be a pause. <laughs> there's going to be a pause. So we know there's going to be a pause. There's almost no doubt about that. And so the, the um, CME Fed watch tool has the pause at 99%. So there is a 1% chance that we could see a 25 basis point hike. And that has to just be like, an error because there's no way they're going to raise. The question is, what is their predictions going to be? Because that's what we're also getting. We're going to be getting the predictions and that's going to give us a better idea of what the Fed, not so much what they're doing now, but what they're thinking and how that could influence their decisions. Like, are they going to come out and say, we've peaked? With regards to rates, we've had some troubling inflation data. We got you know prices jumping with regards to oil prices jumping up. That's going to put upward pressure on inflation. And so, are they going to come out and say that, or are they going to keep it ambiguous and leave the possibility of future rate hikes on the table? I'm going to go with the latter. There, that seems. I don't think they're going to say yes. We're done ra- hiking rates. It does not seem like something that they are going to do. However, it was a crazy day for the 10 year, uh, it jumped up to, I think it, when I think when it hit 4.365%, that was the magic number that they hit a, what is that? 15, 16 year high. Last time we've seen that number was 2007, 16 year high with regard to the 10 year. So clearly no one is buying treasuries that is going into this fed meeting so i guess if the fed did come out and say that's it we're not raising rates that would be awesome (laughs) for mortgage rates we would greatly appreciate that Uh, i don't think they're going to do that though but that was um clearly no one on wall street thinks that either because they are not buying going in to this meeting so um yeah another another high for the 10 year not not something that we want to see so like i said it is a busy day there's something, hold on, there's something else going on besides the Fed meeting that we will be talking about. Probably, I may have to do an extra podcast. So I'm going to try and keep it the Monday, Wednesday, Friday that I've decided to do. But on big days like this, I may have to do one. But we'll see. Easier said than done. Oh, done. Oh, yeah. We're going to be getting some uh, UK inflation early. Wednesday morning, so it's probably already out by the time it is already out by the time you're hearing this. So we'll get into it. Uh, then the Bank of England on Thursday is going to be making their decision with regards to their interest rates. They're supposed to increase them to five point five percent. And then on Thursday, we're getting existing home sales that's supposed to actually be up 0.7 percent in August. And then we're getting some inflation data from Japan. So a lot of global inflation data that we'll be talking about definitely on Friday's show. Probably not on Thursday's show. If, if I'm able to do one. I don't know. I got a lot going on at work. So I may not be able to. So we will see. But that's it. We are done. Officially back to the old schedule. I'll record it the night before. 
release it in the morning. I tried. I, I, well, I, did, I tried. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't like the best try, <laughs> clearly, which is why I'm moving back. But, uh, you know, what do they say? Like, it, it takes a, a big man to admit his mistakes. I made none. Those were, it was totally outside. No, it was totally my fault. I, it, it, it was a failed venture from the get-go. But we're back. We're going to be doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then maybe every once in a while, I'll do something live. Like maybe when big data is coming out, you know, like, uh, you know, inflation data, jobs report, something like that. Cause I, I do, I do like the live stuff, but we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. You guys enjoy your Wednesday. I will talk to you maybe Thursday, but without question on Friday. Oh, another good thing about doing the night show. I get to drink scotch. Can you hear that? I go back to drinking scotch while I'm doing it. It was hard to drink scotch at nine o'clock in the morning. I mean, it's not unheard of. Because I told you, did I ever tell you this? Sure, I did. Uh, when I was watching the Mad Men finale, I wanted to learn about the old fashioned. That was Don Draper's drink. And I looked it up, and apparently the old fashioned was invented as a morning drink. I guess it was like uncouth <laughs> to drink straight liquor in the morning. So they were like, oh, just throw some bitters in there and a lemon peel. And now it's a morning drink. But no, I'm not a, um, I am not someone who's going to drink scotch at nine o'clock in the morning. So nine o'clock at night makes way more sense. So I can drink scotch again and do the program. You guys enjoy your Wednesday. Maybe talk Thursday. Definitely talk Friday. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. Thank you.